Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker best-selling author and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. And we're back. This is Sherry Hill and Ileana Vasiliou, who is the CEO of Creating Effective Organizations. We were speaking last week and I just, I couldn't stop. I wanted to continue our conversation because I know you are a wealth of knowledge and information. We were talking last week about, you know, healing, how you heal business, right? How you heal the world of work and just all the reasons why leadership is experiencing what they're experiencing. But you're writing a book and it really talks about what I consider one of the foundational layers of any business. And oddly enough, so many people, when they start businesses, never really think about this foundational piece, which is the culture of the organization. Let's talk about what that is and why that's so important. You can't build an organization if you don't understand what your culture is going to be. I couldn't agree with you more because we have a culture that we create in an organization whether we're conscious of it or not. Just like as individuals, we um, have pre-recorded belief systems that run us. The same thing, a culture runs an organization. It's the pre-recorded belief systems of that organization. And they're either skillful beliefs that, that come to great results in performance or they're unskillful. So we can either be run by them just like we can, you know, as an organization. So I consider culture the soul of an organization. And um, so we can make a choice to make a conscious and really choose the beliefs that work for us well or, or be run by whatever we're going to be run by. And so there is a correlation between the belief system of the leaders and the kind of culture that they create. So part of the work that I do is helping leaders become conscious of what belief systems are driving them and what is a skillful belief for them as a leader versus an unskilled one and how to change it. And what the results are in the kind of work environment and culture they're creating that's limiting their performance or amplifying their performance. I love the word amplifying, oh, by the way, that you use as your little tagline. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that, because last week we talked a lot about, you know, how the world of work is changing. It's transforming. 
employees, management, even leaders are really shifting into um, you know, a thought process that we have to be more conscious about our footprint on the planet, more conscious about the relationships with our vendors and suppliers, and also you know, more awareness around our customers and clients and what they're experiencing when they experience our organization. And so all of that is part of the culture, right? and values, beliefs, all that. So talk about when you go into an organization, I imagine that's one of the first things you do is just kind of sit, listen, experience, because from that you can put what, what's going on in these walls and how does that affect why there might be issues or problems or things going on in that organization that some people may never see. Yes, generally I go in and I interview um, a, a large sample size of the organization to try to figure out, well, what is the current culture that's not consciously articulated? And then find out, well, is it leading to good performance or poor performance? What is it leading to? So I worked with one large organization where um, their turnover was 20%, and um, their turnover was very expensive. It was costing them a couple million dollars a year. And so, and it was a result of the culture. I mean, that's just, it's kind of jaw dropping mm -hmm. to realize that culture can have that much of an effect. So what we did was we gathered people together and we consciously created, well, what culture do you want? What kind of culture will amplify, will give you achievement and give you pride of work, give you recognition, make you want to get up in the morning and go to work? It's not about people being loving each other or singing kumbaya. It's about people being successful. Because a lot of people think that when you get to this quote unquote touchy-feely part of business that it's about singing kumbaya and it's not. It is about honoring the fact that the human spirit needs to put its fingerprint on the universe. And the way we do that is through our work. And it saddens me, which goes back to why I'm into my aspirational goal, which I'll never achieve, but it's as it makes me want to wake up in the morning, and that is to heal the world of work, healing the world of work. Um, yeah. So I do go in, I evaluate. We did this with this large organization. We consciously created their culture of what their purpose was, what their big why is, what the impact is they want to have on the world. Then we created what I call operating principles. I don't like the word values in the, in the sense of, of organizations or businesses because values implies that it's things like integrity and honesty, things like that, um, which I'm not saying are not important and, and they're part of the operating principles, but operating principles are what are gonna get you your purpose. How do you need to operate? Like, how do you need to operate with your customers? How do you need to operate with your vendors? How do you need to operate with your employees? How do we operate with each other in order to make the most impact on that vision? So it's not just about our relationships with each other and being happy or anything like that. It's about how do we achieve that purpose? Yeah, it's not a statement on a wall. Right. It's literally how do we act and perform and get the job done, but in the process, you know, I hope that there's some 
fun and laughter and Absolutely. happiness. Absolutely <laughs> there is. And so we, you know, created this culture program. They created a, a, a culture team. And um, after we identified what those operating principles were, they would choose one operating principle a month that people would um, vote on each other and, re and uh, recognize people for what they'd done around that particular operating principle. And then they'd have a big luncheon and a recognition program and they would honor that person or honor that team. And within one year, we reduced the turnover from 20% to three. Nice. Nicely done. Yes. And it saved them a ton of money. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd like to have a $2 million party. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm talking with Ileana Vassiliou, who is the CEO of Creating Effective Organizations. Check out her website, creatingeffectiveorganizations.com. She is local, but she does go all over to help organizations really get to what I, I saw you listen to you on a webinar, which was root cause problem. And it was fascinating to me because most people don't think like that, right? You know, when you talk about root cause, that means you've got to peel back to really get to that. And I am, it takes work. It just takes a different focus. We can either focus on firefighting or we can focus on preventing that problem from ever happening again. Yes. And as any business owner would like is that if you have a problem, you solve it, and you're right, it never happens again. We've been talking about culture, and out of culture certainly comes, you know, those who rise up and are in a leadership position. We have just a couple minutes in this segment, but I really want to focus on the leadership side in the next segment. So let's finish up on culture, all right? So if somebody is listening and they're not sure what their culture is or they've never done the work to really define it, what would you say to them? I'd say sit down with your employees or your leadership team, depends on how big you are or how small you are, and just come up with adjectives for um, if your organization had personality, what are the adjectives you would ascribe to it? And then ask yourselves, well, if we had an ideal organization, what adjectives would those be? It's a start. Mm -hmm. It's a start to see our, how close or how big the gap might be. The key in defining a culture, though, is that you actually have to live it. Absolutely. So as I said, it's not a statement on a wall. Absolutely. Yeah. And so making sure that everyone in the organ, like I have a, a zero negativity policy as part of the culture of our organization. And that's a great story as to how I arrived at that, right? But we don't have time for that. I so. want to hear that story. <laughs> uh, you know, you always have to learn, right? And so that is one of my policies. And there's nothing that brings me more joy when I hear laughter down the hallway or people just having great conversations on the phone or in their office. And, you know, I realized a long time ago that a huge part of our culture is that we should be having fun and everyone should be enjoying the time spent with our clients and each other. And when that's not happening, uh, either some others were going to go or it was going to be me. Well, since I own the company, that would have been a little hard. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so no negativity in our culture. We have to go to break. 
I do want you to go check out the website, creatingeffectiveorganizations.com. And I know Ileana is someone that could really help any organization, large or small, doesn't matter. She's just got a great insight into how to really make you more effective and productive and happy. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m., Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. Remember the heat from last summer? Remember how the sun can damage your flooring, furniture, and window coverings? Energy efficiency meets style and comfort when you get SunTech solar screening for your windows or sliding doors. You get more comfort and you save money with SunTech. Call for a free estimate, 352-9396. Get SunTech solar screening, 352-9396. Or go online, suntechsolarscreens.com. Call SunTech Solar Screening. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Welcome back and thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show. Having a good conversation with Ileana Vassalou, who is the CEO of Creating Effective Organizations. There really is four stages of evolution of a leader. So I'd like to hear what that's about. So the four stages of evolution of a leader actually correlates directly to the kind of culture that they create. Because depending on what stage they're in and the belief systems they have, it actually creates a ceiling on the kind of culture they create and the kind of performance they get. So it's really helpful for leaders to understand what stage they're at and what they're uh, aspiring towards. If you think of an x-axis and a y-axis, the x-axis is um, whether we believe the world is a friendly place or not because Einstein basically said one of the most important things we can do is decide if the universe is a friendly place. The y-axis is how we view ourselves. Are we capable or not capable of dealing in the world? So if we think of the left-hand bottom quadrant, which is where you know we're, it's a scary world, it's a scary place, and, um, and we don't really feel effective, we're in fear, we don't really feel effective at dealing with it, this is where we, where leaders create a sort of a win-lose culture. I call it the victim or victor culture. And um, are there a lot of organizations that are like that? They're not a lot, but we see it a lot in politics nowadays. Leaders and our belief systems will take us one way or another. In that quadrant, we tend to want to control other people. And so we will either control them by um, being authoritative, and I know a bunch of authoritative leaders still, who are still in the old paradigm of leadership, especially in manufacturing. And that's you know one thing I worked hard at is helping them go from leadership 1.0 to leadership 2.0. Or there are a lot of leaders I work with lately who control people by having to have them like them or having to have them respect them. 
And so it's interesting because it's flip sides of one coin, but it really yields, it's the same thing. It's where people are controlling other people and you can't do that. It doesn't work because we can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. So it limits our performance. So I have one G general manager that I work with who has to have people like him. He had a, a VP of finance who um, is a bully. And um, I kept telling him, you have got to confront her. You've got to give her feedback. It's going to lead to a bad situation. He knows self-admittedly that he abdicates his power because he has to have people like him. And he doesn't like conflict and he wouldn't confront her. And she ended up leaving and is now suing them for millions of dollars. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, it's either side of the coin. Okay, the second stage of evolution is where most organizations in, I believe, in the United States are. And that second stage of evolution, of evolution is where all of a sudden we have found our power. So it's kind of like, I, I know this is an old movie, but in Gone with the Wind, um, Scarlett O'Hara is, it was this right before intermission. She's on her knees in the dirt and she's hungry and she's rooting around for you know a vegetable or something, a root, that she can eat and she takes a bite of it and it hurts her stomach and she retches and she gets really upset and she stands up on her feet, she holds her fist in the air and she says, as God is my witness, I'll never go hungry again. It is where we feel all of a sudden empowered and we take control, not of other people, but now what we take control over is external circumstances. We believe that somehow we can control things out there and it's accomplishment, accomplishment, but we have, believe we have to prove our worth. It's like a horse going after a carrot that's dangling from its halter and never reaches it because it's impossible to prove our worth. But we've all accepted that and that's how many of us have grown up, especially boomers, I of whom am one, I of whom have suffered from the, being in this quadrant. And, um, and it's important to get out of it in order to really get true fulfillment and to not burn out. Well, and that also comes into doubt, doubting yourself, right? It is so, totally about mm -hmm. doubting our, our, our worth and feeling like we have to prove it. And we get all these accomplishments, we get all these skills, and we push ourselves and push ourselves. And it's about status, it's about the houses we own, it's about the toys that we have. But eventually, it's like, is that all there is? The third quadrant is where all of a sudden we realize that the only thing we can control is ourselves. And so now our focus goes inward rather than outward. We're not controlling other people. We're not controlling the things around us. But instead, we're really taking a look and we get into things like mindfulness. We get into things like meditation or prayer, whatever helps us. Going inward to find out, well, what, what is the program that's running me? And is it serving me? Is it not serving me? And how do I change it? Realizing that those programs within me are going to be what change how I behave and will change how I am as a leader and the culture that I'm creating. So in quadrant number two, you can create a culture that is very high performance, but it's perfectionistic and it leads to burnout. In the third quadrant, we end up a little aimless because we haven't found our purpose yet and we're still self-exploring and we help others develop and self-explore as well. We do have performance and we have recognition, but we're not at the ideal place yet. The ideal place is where we've managed to um, take care of a lot of the major beliefs that limit us and that limit us as leaders 
and we are now able to know what our legacy is that we want to leave the world. It's where we do find our purpose, and we're able to be effective at it. And that's when we create a culture where <clears throat> we boundaries are um, sort of erased, whether it's a boundary between me and my my customer or a boundary between me and my vendor. In that one large organization where um, I was working with IT and um, they had a lot of turnover and whatnot, they actually brought vendors in to root cause problem solve. They brought in their customers, their internal customers, the doctors, in to root cause problem solve. And that's when you really make a big impact on the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that was level four is where you're you, you, you've kind of nailed it, right? Yes. <laughs> you don't, you're, you're done finding yourself and you've built a very successful organization, but that also sounds like, as from a leadership perspective, you're asking a lot of questions, you're involving a lot of other people into the solution, and you're putting your faith and training and priorities and dollars into the people around you that are going to help you all be successful, right? Because it's not about me. So it's like the, yes, exactly. And it's not about ego. Mm -hmm. It's not about me having to prove my worth, having to prove myself in any way. And it's not like we're ever perfect and that we get rid of all the, you know, beliefs that aren't serving us. And it's not that there's any judgment here and that anyone's bad or anyone's good because I still vacillate between quadrant two and quadrant three and quadrant four. It's just that we are committed to our, our own personal growth. And we're not hiding and not tuning out and not on autopilot and really looking at what serves us and what doesn't mm -hmm. and what serves the world and what doesn't. Well, and that taps then also into the personal life, right? Because, yes. yes. <laughs> and it's so funny you say that because a lot of people say that what they love about the work that we do it's not about me, but it's about the tools that are out there that I happen to use. And they say, I just had somebody call, text me the other day. Um, she was talking about how, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. She, I'm a scientist. I don't know how to do open-ended questions and ask the right questions. And I ask leading questions. And, and so she texted me on a Saturday going, oh, I can't believe it. I had this big situation with the stepmother of my son and it was going to be a difficult conflict and I asked all the right questions. I just can't believe how great the tools are that work not only in professional life but personal life and that's why you can't separate the two. Absolutely. There is no separation. You don't put your home hat and your work hat. It's all we're all the same people regardless and have to take care of yourself so that you can be the most effective. So before we end talking with Ileana Vassalou, who is the CEO of Creating Effective Organizations, check out our website, creatingeffectiveorganizations.com, a final thought. I just have so much compassion for all of us. It's not an easy life. It's not easy being a leader in particular. I think, and that's what I love about leadership, is that no matter how good I get, there's so much more to better that I can be. And I just salute all the people who are out there who are running businesses, who are leaders, because it is a difficult job and hallelujah that someone's willing to do it. That's right, thank you. Great words of advice for all of us on uh, these last two radio shows. Really appreciate you being here. I wanna thank everyone for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show where business is amplified. 
The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Natakwa.